Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Popping for Parkinson's podcast. Let's go. First of all, big shout out to the Beat Slayer for this crazy beat that he produced for us. So thank you, Beat Slayer. I see you. So first episode of this podcast. As the first episode, I would love to start with talking to you about the project Popping for Parkinson's and especially in its conception before its actual birth. I think there's so much to explore when it comes to the conception of an idea of, in this case, a social enterprise. But in general, it's really interesting, I find, to really look into the conception of projects or uh, things and products in general and activities, because you can always find inspiration from them and you can always learn from other sectors and other fields. And I personally always learn by looking at what other people did, taking inspiration from that and trying to apply that in my own world, in my own reality, with my own set of skills. So having said that, what is Popping for Parkinson's? Popping for Parkinson's is a project that enables those who have been labeled disabled. And we do that through hip hop culture, through movement, and specifically through popping dance. We transform Parkinson's patients into popping students. This is our mission. We start with the concepts of the hip hop culture, with the idea of giving yourself an identity, choosing your identity, and not let circumstances dictate who you are. In hip hop history, that's what happened. People in the South Bronx just gave themselves name, and by doing that, they gave each other importance and relevance, even though the circumstances they were in were absolutely terrible, full of gang violence and drugs and bad stereotypes, no hope, basically. This is what the project does. We do it starting from the Parkinson's community. But again, Parkinson's becomes a starting point where we can actually take ownership over our lives and we don't let Parkinson's dictate who we are. This is fundamental. This is fundamental on all this episode, really, but in general for the project and its mission and its vision, really. So how did I get there? How did a white kid from Italy get to the point where he was offering free popping dance classes to people with Parkinson's? you might ask. (laughs) So it's always very hard to pinpoint it down to one singular experience. So definitely many influences and things just came together, really, uh, to a point where everything just happened naturally because of this. So going way back, my granddad had Parkinson's. Now, my granddad passed away when I was around 10. Um, So it's been a while and I was a kid so I couldn't necessarily fully understand what was going on. But for sure, one thing that I know for sure is that 
I always thought of my grandpa as a great, kind human being with a fantastic soul, a great dad, a great grandpa, um, a loving husband with incredibly high moral values. He was a lawyer and he was an incredible lawyer. He was very professional, very dedicated to his job and his family. He was just all round a great guy. When I think of my granddad, that's what I think. I don't think about, you know, Parkinson's or him having Parkinson's. Yes, it's true, he had Parkinson's. Yes, it's true, when I think of him, I, I can't think of an image where he's physically still. I always see him somehow shaking. But still, when I think about my granddad, the first thing that comes to mind is he was a great guy. He was a great man, kind, always open to help people in need. He didn't know what greed meant. And everyone loved him because of this. He was incredibly honest with everyone and that allowed him to be loved by everyone that was around him. Also, what always struck me about my grandpa is he always was willing to help people in need, especially the ones that maybe couldn't afford having a lawyer, but he believed in what was right. And he believed in the power of honesty and in the power of doing the right thing. So this definitely was one of the many and key influences of Popping for Parkinson's and its conception. Another fundamental aspect of creating Popping for Parkinson's was my struggle with battling and confrontation. Now, this comes in two ways. The first one being uh, martial arts, in which I'm trained in, and the other one is the hip-hop battle industry, but we're going to get to that later on. But let me start with... Um, with the martial arts. I started uh, Taekwondo, which is Korean Karate, when I was uh, four. I was very, very little. And my parents just brought me there because they thought it was a good idea. And it was a great idea, actually, because that taught me so much in terms of discipline, control, in terms of mind control and body control. Respect was definitely key in this sense. So yeah, the martial arts training was definitely fundamental in my personal upbringing. Now, why am I say struggling with the battle idea and confrontation? Well, this happened. This is a funny story. I got to the point where I did the exam to get the black belt. Now, I trained a lot for this. It's just great. It's, you know, what's better than black belt? It doesn't get better than this, right? It's the highest achievement. Yes, you can get higher achievements after the black belt and you keep getting what they're called dance. But still, next thing you know, I'm at the assessment. What I need to do is fight against an opponent. And we train this, so I'm used to this. We wear protection, we have like a helmet and a thing for the torso and the things for the shins and stuff. So we're fully protected. Uh, to fight and hit each other, but in a safe manner. Now, what happens is, my opponent is a friend of mine, and she was really good. We bow at each other to indicate that we start. Next thing you know, the first kick that I give, I hit her right in the face, but unfortunately, I kick her straight in the mouth without wanting to, and her braces fell off. Obviously, she went KO, 
I won, whatever. But I felt so bad for hurting my friend. Because of course I won, but I hurt my friend um, without even wanting to. That hurt for her and that hurt for me. So as soon as I got the black belt, that was it. I left the martial arts training. I couldn't cope with it, to be honest. Especially because going forward in the martial arts career, if you wish, the only thing that I would have done is fighting. And that definitely was not for me. I found the hard way, but yeah, not for me. In a way, I found the same thing happening when I entered the, the hip-hop battle industry. Not necessarily because of the anger or the frustration or the confrontation in that sense. That was more of a personal frustration because I never found that one minute was enough to explore and express who I was. If you don't know this, usually hip hop battles go like probably one, two or three rounds. They last between 45 seconds and a minute each. So you get one minute, maybe two, to show who you are, show your skills. Sometimes, yes, that is enough to understand if someone is good or not, but definitely not enough time for me to say what I want to say, explore my full artistry. So I always struggle with battling in that sense. So this is already another aspect of oh, the, the moment before even conceiving Popping for Parkinson's as a social enterprise. Obviously, I would have not been able to create Popping for Parkinson's if it wasn't for inspiring people, inspiring crews, and inspiring projects before me, right? So there were many other people doing incredible stuff that I always looked up to. But three groups definitely shaped who I am and how I see the world, both in terms of dance and in terms of life, really. So massive shout out to Ill Abilities crew. Now, they are absolutely incredible. If you don't know them, Google them. Because honestly, I don't think I've ever seen anything so inspiring. They're just fantastic people. They are a hip-hop crew uh, made of uh, dancers with disabilities, uh, with, with various disabilities, I should say. But they are the best b-boys that are out there. Like, no questions asked, no doubt about it. Why are they great? Because they are incredibly hip-hop, in the sense that they embrace themselves fully and they use whatever they have as a strength and as a characteristic rather than a disability. So they remix the concept of disability because they do incredible stuff that able bodies are really not able to do, which is mind-blowing to me. Still to this day, I see the same videos, the Old, old school videos that they did. And to this day, I'm still in awe when I see those crazy moves and the artistry that they bring out and their uniqueness and their identity. And these are all themes that definitely influenced Popping for Parkinson's. And it, they will, it will make sense later, hopefully. <laughs> Another dance company that really inspired me was Kanduko Dance Company because they are a great dance company with disabled and non-disabled dancers, which I find which I find definitely refreshing. And it was fantastic to see them live. When I first came to London in 2011, I went to see a show and it was incredible because they were not 
pretending to be contemporary dancers, or they were not pretending to be anyone else. They fully explored what dance is, and their physicalities, and the connection between them. And to this day, they, they do incredible work, and really inspiring stuff. One key thing that is present in both Illabilities Crew and Kanduko Dance Company is the fact that there's no pity. The dancers recognize their differences, but they see that as a strength and as an inspirational point, rather than, again, a disability. And lastly, Dance for PD, which is the methodology that basically created the field of Dance for Parkinson's in New York more or less 15 years ago, um, thanks to Mark Morris Dance Group and its center, they developed this incredible methodology that is applicable to any dance style, really. It makes it accessible for people with Parkinson's to join in and have a safe space where they can really be dancers and not Parkinson's patients. And Dance for PD really inspired me because of its power. I could really see that dance enabled everyone to be themselves, just like dance enabled me as a young kid to be a free soul dancing, expressing himself, and that was it. I was not white anymore, I was not ginger anymore, I was not Italian anymore, it didn't matter. I was Simone dancing and expressing what, what I am and who I am. Many other factors come in in terms of the conception of popping for Parkinson's. One of them was simply living in London and the possibility that London brings in terms of seeing shows and the people you meet and the mentality and how open it is and welcoming uh, London is. And the respect that London has for the artists. Another thing that was really personal was my relationship with being a performer and being in the dance industry as a performer. I thought my whole life that I just wanted to dance and my idea of success, you'd get to dance all day long in big dance companies and you travel the world and you perform and you're happy and you're successful. After getting the degree from Trinity Lab and I started doing some work as a performer, it was great, don't get me wrong. It most of the times it was very fun. But the actual life of a performer in terms of the industry was definitely not something that was made for me. I couldn't cope with the nomadic, unstable life that performers usually have or have to have to make a decent, constant living out of it. And it was hard to admit to myself that maybe performing was not the best thing for me to do for my sanity and for my profession and for my life in general. On top of all of this, then you add the fact that popping as a dance style is what I know best and what I think I do best. And I remember the first time I saw popping dance as a thing and it was incredibly mind-blowing. I still feel electrified just by thinking of it. And I really want to share that with as many people as possible because it's an incredible feeling to have, to feel that electricity inside you um, together with the music, together with other people, and there's something incredibly satisfying about popping for me, personally. I find that incredibly satisfying. So, I had this idea, right, at a certain point, where I thought, you know what, I don't want to be a performer anymore, I want to do something that is meaningful for me, 
Also, I think I'm better at teaching rather than performing. So let me bring my skill set. Let's do something positive for the community. Because this is what hip hop teaches you, right? Uplift yourself and others through an artistic practice and sharing the knowledge and the skills that you have with the people around you. So you put all of this together and next thing you know, I have this idea of teaching popping to people with Parkinson's with the idea that people with Parkinson's shake and we poppers shake to the beat. People with Parkinson's then, if they learn how to control their tremor, they can turn a tremor, which is a very negative symptom, into a strength. Just like the kids in the Bronx would use their frustration and anger and rap about it and use the terrible conditions as material for their rap and their emceeing. So shaking and Parkinson's becomes a superpower thanks to popping dance. Suddenly, you don't have patience anymore. You don't have peel-eating, waste of society, old people, oh, we don't want to deal with you, you just take your pills and shut up. Suddenly, you have people that are dancing and expressing themselves, and this is empowering for them, for the people around them. Literally, everyone wins. So I thought, this is an incredible idea. I can't believe no one has ever done any of this. So I did my research. And yes, there was Dance for Parkinson's and Dance for PD methodology, which I then studied. And that allowed me to understand more about their intentions and their thought process behind the methodology. And that allowed me to create then my own methodology. And then you take what hip hop teaches you, which is again, to be yourself fully. And if you're not, then you're not hip hop. If you're trying to copy someone, then you're not hip hop. So. Let me be myself. Let me be myself fully. And let me find my own crew. Suddenly, it was not about having a Parkinson's support group, but suddenly everything transformed into, okay, we have a crew. We have a popping crew. Parkinson's was the starting point to meet each other. Yes, fair enough. Actually, if it wasn't for Parkinson's, we would have never created this crew. So in a way, we should thank Parkinson's. Just like the kids in the Bronx weirdly should say thank you to the fact that the Bronx was in a terrible situation back in the 60s and 70s. Anyway, I can also personally relate to a disease such as Parkinson's because I myself have a rare disease called bladder extrophy, which is not related to Parkinson's, but it is degenerative and it has no treatment, just like Parkinson's. And there's a massive stigma attached to it because a lot of people don't know what it is. So I can definitely relate to the feeling of being completely lost and being like, all right, so what's next? I don't have a treatment. I know this thing is going to degenerate anyway. So what am I even doing here? It makes no sense. So I know exactly how it feels. And I shared this with people with Parkinson's. Yes, the actual context might be different, but the essence is the same. And I know that, for example, for the Italian government, I am 100% disabled because of my rare disease. Just because I have the rare disease means that you can get 100% disability. But again, I don't feel disabled. I am not disabled. So I decided to give myself a name, express myself fully through an artistic practice and through movement and through a culture, specifically a culture that is not necessarily mine at first, but a culture that I found and then learned and very respectfully entered 
slowly but surely. So, now, you put all of this together, and there was a pivotal moment where I went to something called the Sofa Sessions, led by an incredible human being, which is Kate Scanlon. Shout out to you, oh my god. I remember she used me as an example for her session. She really challenged my idea. And that was incredibly helpful because that really got me to understand that the idea was ready. And it makes no sense not to do it. So she says, well, you know when you're ready, when the only question you're left with is why not? Not in the sense of, yeah, why not, whatever. But like, why not? Why is this not happening already? This is incredible. Everyone wins and gains from this. So why is this not happening already? That was a pivotal moment for me. It gave me the power to then say, all right, let's put this on. What I did was I emailed all the Parkinson's network in the UK. It took me a while and a lot of people never replied. But then SLYPN, the South London Younger Parkinson's network, specifically Sarah Webb, she got back to me saying, you know what, this sounds fun, let's give it a try. So we found a space specifically in Wimbledon because that's where most of the people in the network are. We rented a room with our money and I offered the class for free. And then they just loved it. And we haven't stopped since. Next thing you know, Popping for Parkinson's has four regular weekly classes free of charge for participants between the UK and Italy and workshops all around the world it is part of the Universal Hip Hop Museum Hall of Fame, which is the highest recognition when it comes to hip hop culture. The project is supported by the creators of Popping, the creators of Dance for PD. It is supported by the lead researchers in the Dance for Parkinson's field in terms of physiotherapists and scientists and researchers. It is supported by brands such as Red Bull and Reebok. And all of this started because of all the elements that got me to having an idea and putting it into practice. So as I said in the pilot episode of this podcast, I don't necessarily want to just talk about me and my experience in creating this. I would love this to be a discussion and maybe provoke some thoughts. So while I was thinking about what to say in this first episode, one of the things that I then had to think about and reflect upon is exactly this. So how do you turn a negative experience into a starting point? And from my experience, I see that not everyone is able to transform a negative experience into a lesson in a way. But another point of reflection for me was what is my impact in the world? What am I doing to make this world better? I always had the desire to make this place better. A lot of times I just felt lost in I didn't know how to do it. So then I got to the point where actually I'm thinking, well, my impact is the greatest when I offer my skill set for free to the people around me. So as a point of reflection, how can you impact the world using your skill set? Because all we want ultimately, I think, is to make the world a better place. But how do we do it? And how do we do it in a way that it's unique to us and it is maximized? I believe that the answer to that is by sharing your skill set with the people around you. So for example, if you're passionate about something, if you share that with people that maybe are disadvantaged for 
any reason, whether that's disability or just background or race or economic status or literally anything, if you share your skill set and your passion with people that don't have access to it, your impact will be the greatest. So as a thought, what is your passion? What can you bring to the world to make this place better? Nas once said, how can you lose when you're doing you? I think this is really the point of this episode. The only way you can impact the world, whether that's your personal internal world or your external community and the people you live with, is only if you do you. So you need to find yourself, discover who you are, what you like, what your passion is, and share it with the people around you. By doing that, you win, everyone else wins, and the world is a better place. Without making it sound too wishy-washy, oh, zen-like, because I struggle with that. Let me, let me be totally honest with you. This is a very practical thing that anyone can do, because I'm sure all of you are passionate about something, and we can all learn from each other. I think that's enough of me talking for now. So thank you very much for tuning in and for listening. Please let me know what you think. Please share your ideas and thoughts with me via Instagram or Facebook at Popping for Parkinson's. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast so when the next episode is out, you'll get it straight away. Make sure to like our page on Instagram and Facebook at Popping for Parkinson's. Check out our websites www.poppingforparkinson's.com. But for now, enjoy the music and I'll see you next time. Peace.